Alright all you movie junkies, it is time for the SLS Cast, with your hosts Matt and Tim. And welcome, one and all, to the Thanksgiving episode of the SLS Cast. Now, I say Thanksgiving episode because, well, this is going to be playing during the week of Thanksgiving. But in actuality, it's the happy number episode of the SLS cast. Because it turns out that 103 is a happy number. Not to be confused with a Harshad number, derived from Sanskrit, Harsa, as great joy. No, a happy number is a number that is defined by a very, very complicated, retarded process that I don't want to tell you about. But trust me, 103 is a happy number. And on that happy note, I am Matt with the Thanksgiving Tidings. You don't hear that much, Thanksgiving Tidings. Well, I mean, I, you know, just trying to be festive. You are very festive. I am festive. In one hand, I hold a green chalice of Cabernet. In the other hand, I hold a big glass mug of ginger ale. Well, and I am enjoying them both. At least as you don't I have any knee-high wool socks at the moment, so I suppose that's good. Oh, a sock is on. A sock is on. Because nice. that's how we roll in uh, in in California in my family life for Thanksgiving. You know, chalice of wine and ginger ale. No sock though. That that <laughs> that only started with me. Indeed, indeed. All right. Well. <sighs> yeah, as you guys know, we told you uh, last episode that this was going to be a nice short episode so that we could have fun with our families and everything, so I think we're just going to go ahead and jump right into the news. What do you say, sir? Sounds about right, but I gotta ask, uh, what are your plans for Thanksgiving? Because I'm sure people are dying to know, Oh, especially those who don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Sure. Uh, well, we are planning on, uh, let's see, the night before Thanksgiving... We will be heading out to College Station area where we will do Santa's Wonderland. And uh, so they get to have fun there and see all the millions of lights and all the fun stuff that they do there. And then we will wake up on Thanksgiving Day and I will cook the Thanksgiving turkey here at the house. It's going to be great. We'll have the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade on and uh, I will get to be pantsless all day. So that's going to be fantastic for me. I mean, I guess, I mean, I'll have shorts on because, you know, got kids and all that kind of shit. Don't want CPS. Especially all since the, the kids are about at eye level. Yeah. To the, yeah. You know, the so, super dragon you know, there. Right, right, right. But, um, yeah, so we'll be doing that and I'll be doing the turkey. Jen's going to cover all the fixins that go with and the vittles. And then, um,. So it's going to be nice and quiet here at the house. I'm looking, really looking forward to that. It's going to be the first time in, I want to say, about seven years that we've been able to have just a nice, quiet Thanksgiving at the house. And then Friday, we will go and cut down our Christmas tree, bring it back to the house. So, uh, the other thing that I have planned is hopefully uh, hooking up with my good buddy Tim and uh, his new wonderful SO, or you know, special lady friend in the parlance of the dude and uh <laughs> we will be enjoying our company and hopefully sampling my 200 hundred dollar bottle of whiskey along with a whole bunch of other alcohol and stuff 
Yes, because we are totally recording this in the same room right now, because it is totally the week of Thanksgiving. Absolutely. And we would totally it, it you know, record an episode of Hanging Out. It is completely not. Uh, 1230 in the morning on November 19th. It is not. It is absolutely not. And it's absolutely not 20 minutes after we wrapped recording last week's episode. That's right. It's not. We are not doing anything in the former fashion of we are not here to please you. Though and we do we love are not <laughs> struggling to scrape the bottom of the barrel right now. <laughs> oh, but that's fun. Matt, nothing, nothing. Oh dear God! <sighs> nothing screams festive cheer like Matt cooking turkey with his turkey flopping out. I'll do you, have a sock. Do you have like? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I mean, it's not going to be a wool sock, but <laughs> it'll look like a little. It'll look like a giblet, so I guess it'll keep festive. That's right. It'll be an ankle. Like the sock. gobbler. You know, it'll be an ankle sock. Oh man, uh, yeah. I, I will be with family on, on Thanksgiving. There will be uh, many children. There will be a lot of children, and and children from North Dakota, children from California, and it seems like Houston is the place. Matt, I don't know if your family, uh, out of town family, experiences this as well. But every time out of town folk, out of state folk, come to Houston on my mom's side, they always get sick. And I'm not talking about colds. I'm talking about, you know, four-alarm diarrhea. Uh, you know, they're doing the old Texas twister, but not vomiting and explosive diarrhea because they uh, are, you know, raging alcoholics. No, they're doing that because they are horribly ill. Um, Do, I mean, is that a thing? Like, I don't does know. That happen it, sounds to people? Like, it sounds like you're not getting enough tryptophan out of the turkey. And I think that... A, you know, trip to somewhere else is probably what's in, is what's needed. Uh, well, tryptophan must be in a must be in in things all year round in Houston. But I'm thoroughly looking forward to it. I'm glad we get to actually hang out and not have to worry about the show uh, and shoot the shit and all that stuff. It'll be fun. Oh yeah, I'm definitely definitely looking forward to that. <sighs> Next week, hurry up, get here already. Of course, by the time you guys are listening to this, you're like, why the fuck are they worried about next week? It's now. But when will then be now? Soon! Alright, so, shall we get to the, uh, get to the news now? Gobble gobble. <laughs> Which I believe you said last year. You said something along the lines of, gobble gobble, bitches. Dear God, uh, my you're voice. silent. No, my voice is shot from all the talking, and now every time I'm laughing, I'm hacking up the remainder of my sickness, so I'm having to mute the microphone every 15 seconds because we're laughing, or I'm laughing. (sighs) Good times, but yeah. Gobble, gobble, bitches! There you go. (laughs) All right, here we go, folks. Thank you. (laughs) It is the news! So we do have a short news segment. I'm going to go ahead and go first because Tim can't go first for another 98 episodes. 
Alright, so my news piece here is from IGN.com. This here is courtesy of... Nobody! It's just just there. This is terrible. Why, why why, Why do they have to... Why does IGN hide all this crap? Eh, whatever. I tried. So whoever you are that wrote this, thanks for writing this. Oh, wait, here it is. Roth Cornet. <laughs> so from IGN.com, courtesy of Roth Cornet. Was it that invisible font? It that was. That see-through font? It, it was. This is a very weird layout for this website. <clears throat> Guardians of the Galaxy 2 director James Gunn says, We're not here to service the Avengers or Infinity War. Because they don't take a back seat to the Avengers. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy Blu-ray is set to hit the streets in early December. Disney hosted a special feature screening and Q&A in advance of the release. IGN attended the event, where they had the opportunity to sit down exclusively with Guardians director James Gunn to elaborate on some of the things he'd touched on in the Q&A session and talk about where things may go in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Now, this is an actual interview. Um... So I'm not going to sit here and try and read everything here. I'm just going to go ahead and sum up. I would encourage you to check the article out again, IGN.com. And it's from the 13th of November to help you try and locate that. Basically, it's not that they have anything against uh, against the Avengers or the whole Infinity thing or or, or all that gauntlet stuff and everything. It's that... Guardians of the Galaxy literally is only tangentially, tangentially, yeah, tangentially related to anything in this Marvel Universe. Now, I understand that they are trying to loosely connect Marvel, is trying to make everything kind of work together so that you can always leave the door open for crossovers and whatnot. And the fact that the Collector plays a larger role in Guardians of the Galaxy than it does in anything else, but allows for a whole bunch of tie-ins, like a cocoon that looks exactly like Adam Warlock's cocoon, and, (coughs) pardon me, could not get to the mute button fast enough there, Um, and like Howard the Duck as the stinger at the end there. Um... It, they are very intent on setting up their own series. Now, will they have throw-ins and, you know, Easter eggs and stuff like that? Of course. But they are dedicated to the idea of Guardians of the Galaxy being its own thing. They don't have anything that needs to tie into all that other stuff that's going on, especially when you consider the tone of Guardians of the Galaxy versus the tone that the Avengers and everything is going in. And if you doubt that, just go look at the Avengers Age of Ultron trailer that's out. You will see exactly how dark that is versus exactly how much more fun of a vibe you're getting from Guardians of the Galaxy. Tim, do you think that this is the right way to go? I sure as fuck do. But do you think it's the right way to go for Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, of course. Definitely. I mean, uh, Marvel has a lot going on. And they, the last thing they need is to is to fit a whole different genre, uh, 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 introduce a whole different like type of movie to the Avengers team. 
I mean, the Guardians of the Galaxy, they're, I mean, they need a, they need a fly solo for a good, maybe four or five movies, I think. And kind of like what we talked about last week, <clears throat> 45 minutes ago, <clears throat> uh, they, I, I think ultimately Guardians of the Galaxy will benefit from that to where they, their movies will become independent movies. They will become, I think, the better movies than the Avengers, than uh, then all this other, like Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, because I, I think a lot of people, well, maybe just me, are growing a little tired of the Iron Man, of Tony Stark, of, you know, the snarkiness of the characters, the boldness of other characters. So, you know, it's, just, it's a breath of fresh air, Guardians of the Galaxy is, I think. Right on, right on. Okay, well, I just wanted to put that out there. That's my news. What do you got for us, sir? Cool. So from thinkwithgoogle.com, this is a Google page here, uh, an infograph with the title, Behind the Box Office, What Influences the Films We See? And this was published this past month in October. And this is, it's the rundown, and this is what it says. Last year, 68% of Americans and Canadians, a draw-dropping 228.7 million people went to the movies. And 11% of them go at least once per month. How do they decide what to see? Google conducted a study with Millward Brown Digital to learn how moviegoers research and choose the films that they watch. YouTube, which reaches more frequent moviegoers than any top cable network, is a commonly used source. Four out of five moviegoers who use video sites to research a film come to YouTube. For more findings, sit back, grab some popcorn, and enjoy the infograph below. And like it says, there is an infograph which kind of details, it maps out how people go from point A to point B, point B being, you know, what movie they choose to watch, what genre they choose to watch, and it's pretty interesting. Uh, Matt, I sent you this infograph, or I know you've looked at it before, uh, and I'm going to try to gloss over it, then I'm going to ask you what you think about it. Um, so it's behind the box office, what fluences the films that we see, is the title of the infograph, and it starts on, and says, I guess this is the top of the infograph here, on the web, trailers lead. Moviegoers like to do their research of moviegoers who use video sites to look for more information about a film. Four out of five go to YouTube. The official movie trailer influences their decision more, three times more than any other source. Movie content has staying power. Most views happen the month leading up to a film's release, but there's also a lot of interest in a movie after it's in theaters. Views of movie-related content on YouTube by genre, and this shows a graph where uh, it breaks up the categories. You have horror, family, franchise, drama, action, and comedy, and it starts with, with release, going from weeks before release all the way to, re to the weeks after release and the release date being in the middle. And again, this graph is the views of movie-related content on YouTube by genre. And it kind of spikes 
when right when the movie comes out is when people go and view a lot of the content online, the trailers, the interviews, just more information about these films. And it kind of talks about it here. I'm not going to go too much in detail because it would take much longer. But go back in and uh, and and look more, read more into it if you like. Uh, in the next section, it says what depend uh, what matters to moviegoers depends on the genre. Seventy percent of moviegoers consider more than one movie before deciding which one to see. People who saw drama care more about plot. People who saw more comedy care more about the cast, horror, convenient showtimes. Family, positive reviews, action, they care more about the director when making up their mind. Top questions asked about movies. Who plays what character in what movie? Who sings what song in what movie? Who made what, you know, what the song is? Whatever the song is called. People want to know about all kinds of things. Cast plot, soundtrack, ratings, showtimes, and more. And it goes on and gives you examples of who questions, what questions, when questions, where questions, and why questions. And then it says, the next section, seeing the bigger picture of moviegoer viewership, people who watched trailers on YouTube for drama were more likely to also watch content about movie references, shopping, and apparel. People who watch comedy were most likely to watch computer games, offbeat arts, and soccer. Horror. People who watch horror were most more uh, were more likely to watch content about consumer electronics, skate sports, and soccer. Trailers on YouTube for family. People were more likely to watch comics, shopping, apparel, soundtrack music. Now for action, that's martial arts, home and garden. Yes, because martial arts, action, home and garden, and humor go together. Big franchise, people who watch content on YouTube, that pertains to big franchise, are more likely to also watch content about comic crime, or excuse me, comics, crime and justice, martial arts. And that's the end of it. Um, I really, I mean, uh, it seems a little bit out there, especially when it comes to the use of YouTube and what people watch, because you really don't know if they take into consideration how... Uh, I mean, you can't really... You don't know if people are actually watching some of this content. I mean, just because there's a 1 minute and 30 second ad that I have to watch before I watch my YouTube video, it doesn't mean I'm watching it. I, I could open up another window and watch something else. I mean, I don't have to watch that. So it's just... It, just all this stuff is just kind of interesting, and apparently it's more accurate than one would think. Matt, what do you think about uh, this whole thing? Nah, I don't know. I thought that it was a little skewed because they seem to really only be relying on Google data in and of itself and not data from other sources. Like, oh, look, the most viewed thing for uh, for trailers was YouTube. Oh, you know. Um, and it's probably that in and of itself is probably true, but I don't know. I'm, it just seems like they were focusing a little too much on just what Google could provide. Um, they don't really talk about how they ex, uh, extrapolate the additional information about movie times being the most convenient for people who want to see a horror movie and stuff like that. But 
Most of it seems to make sense. So, eh, whatever. It was interesting. I'll give yes, it that. and again, you can find that. It, 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 I mean, it is a Google uh, thing. <laughs> you can find it at thinkwithgoogle.com, and again, it's entitled Behind the Box Office, What Influences the Films We See? All right, so we don't really have a third uh, a bonus segment this week again. We're just trying to keep it short. So I guess just for kicks, though, do you have anything you're particularly thankful for this year, sir? <sighs> I'm thankful that I have a job. That is cool. I'm thankful that I have my health. Now, I mean, now I do. I mean, it could change tomorrow. I'm thankful. You you won't be thankful for your health tomorrow. If I if I like (laughs) die, I mean, I can't. I mean, for one thing, I mean that would be impossibly thankful because I would be I would cease to exist. And I think I think the first thing that would pop into my mind if I was able to think after I died would be like, holy shit, what happened here? (laughs) <laughs> I'm not going to be doing any thinking right now. I've, there's got there's there's a couple things to get to the bottom of. Uh, how about you? Are you are you thankful for anything? Your your children? Your oh sure, why not? I can be thankful for them, right? Um, I mean, it might be a cop out, but yeah, I know that's that's kind of the, that's the easy shit. You know, most people are thankful for their family, and most people like their kids and shit. So yeah. No, I want to say that I'm thankful that our show seems to be growing a little bit this year. Oh, uh, is that what you were trying to go go through? No. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, well, I'm show just, related. No. Yeah, for I'm sure. Just in general. I mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, I, I am... Uh, yeah, I think that's probably non-standard, typical fare. You know. Oh, my family. Oh, my mom. Oh, my dad. Yeah, whatever. We get it. Um, but I guess if we want to be really sappy, we can say... We're thankful for the midnight movie nights. We're thankful for... Honestly, you know what? If we hadn't hooked up with them at all, though, we do owe them a little bit of gratitude, for sure. Because if we hadn't hooked up with them at all, we would never have been able to hear about Johnny White Trash. We would never... I, I never would have been able to find out and be on uh, with uh, Rebel Stoke Jim, uh, who does a great Canadian content show. I would not, we wouldn't know anything about, like I said, Johnny White Trash. We wouldn't have, uh, we wouldn't be able to be a promo now for We Are Not Here to Please You. So, you know what? I think we actually do need to be thankful for them. Thank you, Miranda. <laughs> thank you, Kat. <clears throat> um, yeah, seriously. Thank y'all. Yeah, thank you for elevating our one listener to. Seven. Three listeners. Or seven, yeah, let's see. Because, you know, there's R2 and Raphael and then Siebes and the cat and uh, Diana, I know. So thank you, Diana, because she's like the only independent person who listens that I know of. And then John White Trash. And, um, yeah, so there's six right there. So thank you, all six of you. Oh, and Jeremy, of course, Jeremy. So there's seven. So thank you, all seven of you. The SLS cast cares. Dun, 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 dun. All right. So, sappiness aside, you ready to get to the one movie we have this week? 
Let's do it. All right, here we go, folks. It's the movie. See, and there's no S because it's just one movie. <laughs> you cheeky. Thank you. Cluckety cluck, you. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. All right, so the movie this week is St. Vincent. It's an American uh, dramedy, basically. It's written and directed by Theodore Melfi. It's his feature film debut. And stars Bill Murray, Melissa McCarthy, Chris O'Dowd, Naomi Watts, and uh, newcomer Jaden Lieberner. Right? Lieberher? Yeah, that sounds about right. So... Uh, Bill Murray plays Vincent McKenna, cantankerous old man, who seems to have no more lust and zeal for life and is content with just merely scraping by. Um, He meets his new neighbors, uh, Maggie and Oliver, played by Melissa McCarthy and Jaden Lieberher, respectively. And through a... Kind of a series of misadventures, he ends up looking after young Oliver. Uh, we've also got Naomi Watts as Daka Paramova, who is uh, Bill Murray's girlfriend, more or less. <clears throat> and then Chris O'Dowd, who seems to have found a niche role, uh, character role, as either the affable love interest uh, or just kind of the uh, eccentric funny man character for all these interesting movies. But hey, it's good to see him in something, because I I first learned about him in the IT crowd, so there's that. Um, Oh, also, for those of you who saw Big Hero 6, if you're interested in the voice of Baymax, that was Scott Adsit, and he's also in this movie. He plays David. Um, All in all, I thought that this movie was a very simple movie, and... It's really good. Bill Murray, I thought, gave a great performance. It was really, really nice to see uh, Melissa McCarthy in a much more toned-down role, uh, much like what Tim yes. was saying. Yes, much like what Tim was saying with Zach Galifianakis uh, in his role in Birdman. Same can be said here for Melissa McCarthy. Uh, turns out, Homegirl can act. You know, so there's that. The downside to this movie is is the same like it's like with the judge from last month. It doesn't really bring anything new to the table. It's a great it's it's a great story. Uh, it's quirky and it's simple um, without being a little too overbearing. But it's really nothing you haven't seen before. Um, but it is Bill Murray definitely for me makes this movie. And I'm going to give it three and a half stars. So that's where I land, sir. Bring us home for this nice short Thanksgiving show. Yeah, this is actually going to be an awfully short Thanksgiving show. Um, I, I, you know, this is definitely, this is a pretty impressive film debut for Theodore Melfi, uh, the director. He did a really good job. Um, this... I, I kept thinking about what's I'm trying to think of a movie 
where this kid hires this older guy to be his bodyguard. He's like in junior high or high school. I I think it's from the is it from the 70s or the 80s. It's one of those one-word movies. Do you know what I'm talking about? Maybe maybe not. Um my bodyguard? No, no. Oh, uh, no, I don't think so. Um, uh, for Kalachi. No, it's not called Kalachi. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. But it kind of, like, or, or even more recent-ishly, like, Drillbit Taylor, that bad movie. But, like, you know, I thought this was going to be like, okay, so a kid gets bullied, a kid is having problems, he needs a father figure, so Bill Murray, being the cantankerous older man... Comes along and the the, the two the, the boy and the kid befriend each other, and the the older man, the Bill Murray, was going to show the boy, you know, show him the path towards being a, a better fighter or putting up with these bullies. But then the kid, at the same time, will change the cranky old man for the better, and that's kind of how I thought this movie would go. In fact, I was kind of annoyed a little bit by hearing some of, like, how these kids in, they're in junior high school, elementary school, I don't remember how old the kid is, but, like, the frick, the foul mouths and the language that they use, it's like, unless shit has changed since I was that age, we didn't, even bullies didn't talk like that at all. And so that was kind of annoying. It was kind of like, oh, great, another, another, another altered Hollywood, you know, a, a filmmaker view of a young kid's life. The, the easiest way to show an audience that a kid is being bullied or put through hard times, oh, well, let's make the bully a little, a complete asshole, a little shithead, and just have them like saying like some of the worst, the most foul language you would hear, like in, you know, in the worst sound, you know, Martin Scorsese movie, the, the foulest Martin Scorsese movie. And it's like, holy shit, man, kids don't talk like that. I mean, maybe on the East Coast, I don't know, but, you know, kids just normally don't talk like that. And it was just a little bit ridiculous. And then it's like, okay, so Bill Murray comes up and he shows him, how, you know, to fight back. And this is all at the beginning of the movie for the most part. To fight back. And... That's what I kind of thought the movie was going to be. I thought it was going to be like all those other movies where the young the, the kid hires somebody or gets like the older guy to come up and teach him how to beat up the bat. But no. You be uh, but the movie doesn't follow down that path because you have Melissa McCarthy who plays the boy's mom and you feel bad for her from start to finish. You know, she's trying to do well for her kid, but she, you know, she has to work and she can't. That's why the kid stays with uh, the na- next door neighbor, Bill Murray's character. But, you, I mean, but it's kind of like a good or evil type of thing playing. Bill Murray is teaching him the evil side, you know, and his mom is like, no, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. But that's only if she actually finds out exactly what the two of them are up to, uh, which she really doesn't. But then you have Naomi Watts, who plays a Russian prostitute, and she even has 
a, a, a pretty decent outlook on the good and the bad for the most part. And it's just really interesting. I mean, the dynamic between all four of these characters was just well done. And the movie turned out to be more than what I initially thought it was going to be. It's deeper. There's more to these characters. There's more to the story. And it was just entertaining to watch. Yes, once you understand the direction this movie is going towards, you... You you you're, you're anticipating what's going to happen, but there are these minor de- there are these important small details that just completely blew me away. I mean, acting, uh, story execution. I mean, some crucial things happen to these characters, which is just like wow. I I mean, that's that's pretty heavy. That's great. I mean, this is something different. It's something fresh. It's something new, and it's highly enjoyable. Um, Matt gives this one 3.5. Um, I, you know, I, I, I give this one, I give this one four out of five. Cool beans. So that concludes the movies. Um, we didn't have a bonus segment this week, but next week the bonus segment is going to be I'm the only one who hated it. We haven't done that in a long time, so we're going to do that one again. I'm the only one who hated it. Um, Due to the holiday next week, we are only going to be doing two movies when we come back. So those movies are going to be The Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 1, and the Thanksgiving holiday favorite, Freebirds. (laughs) Did you mean the Thanksgiving holiday this week? Yeah, sure. But when we come back next week... These are the movies that will have been reviewed. You mean when we come back in two weeks? No, no, no. For them, it'll be next week. Oh. Yeah. Continuity, oh, baby. Wow. Continuity. Yeah. Well, I effed that up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's hilarious. All right, guys. Yeah, I think y'all I think y'all can figure out what's been happening here. Uh, so yes, so next uh, next episode, episode 104, bonus segment, I'm the only one who hated it. The flicks, only two, will be The Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 1, and Freebirds. And now I believe it is time for The Spiel, is it not, sir? Spiel on! Alright, well the music as always that you've been listening to has been brought to us by our music partners, Cries of Solace. You can check them out at ReverbNation.com and Facebook.com, both slash Cries of Solace. We of course are the SLS Cast and you can find us at SLSCast.com. You can even send an email to us at the show. You can send an email to the show. It's all one word. The show at slscast.com. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at the slscast. You can follow me, Matt, on Twitter at nitwit12345. You can even follow uh, Tim on Twitter, but you got to try and figure out super secret ways to find him. Uh, apparently, there's uh, we have a Facebook, or we like to think so, but apparently that's down right now. Hey, check it out. It might be back up by the time you find it. Facebook.com, search the uh, SLS cast. You can also uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and or favorite us on Stitcher Radio. So until next week, this is Matt saying that thanks to Phyllis Diller, I get to say this about Thanksgiving. My cooking is so bad, my kids thought Thanksgiving was to commemorate Pearl Harbor. (laughs) Uh, Too soon too soon (laughs) take care guys have a happy thanksgiving unless you're not in america then have a great thursday have a fantastic thursday talk to you next week
I, I think what Tim's trying to say is, have a happy Thanksgiving if it applies to you. Gobble gobble, bitches. Thanks again for listening to the SLS Cast with your hosts, Matt and Tim. Remember that you can find us at slscast.com, at the SLS Cast for Twitter, also on Facebook, and you can always subscribe on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.